Welcome back to another podcast case study episode of Podcraft. Matthew with you here and this week we've got a conversation with Adam Callow of experttrades.com and the Startup Diary podcast. Adam's someone who believes it's important to keep a startup mentality even after you've been doing what you do for 10 years or more. Intrigued? Well, let's hand it over to Colin who set the scene for us. I came across Adam's podcast about three months ago now. I think I was looking for something to listen to while I was in the garden. I was digging some uh, onions in and I uh, just needed someone to take me through a couple of hours of hard work. And I came across the show and I listened to the first episode and just got totally hooked because Adam and his team have been creating a narrative style podcast. They're putting a lot of work into this, a fair bit of production value and creating a real story around how their company started up, how it's growing, really the whole story behind their startup right up to where it is now, which is possibly even beyond the startup phase. I'm not sure what you'd uh, class it as. But anyway, let's get into it. Adam, welcome to the show. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, Colin. And we definitely consider ourselves still a startup. Still a startup my plan yeah. is, yeah, 10 years down the line when we're still here, I, I still want to have that startup mentality. I just think there's, a, there's still a lot in it for us. <laughs> so why is that then? What, what do you think having a startup mentality brings to the company? I think it's just the shift from my old role when I worked in a corporate is watching things try and happen in a corporate. It's just, it's fat, it's slow, it's very difficult to respond. And from the minute it was just me to the team we're at now, I just wanted to make sure that we're grown in a company that if we need to react to the market conditions, we're always able to do it. And regardless of whether the kind of the lifetime of the business is one, three, five, ten years, I believe that being a startup is purely down to the fact how fast you can respond to the market. And that's, I just want to stay nimble. Right. Okay. So it's agility, a mindset of agility more than anything else. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I see uh, uh, kind of uh, the role of startups. Yeah. This is going totally off track for what I was planning to talk about. But I mean, how do you think that, uh, so you've grown a team now. How many have you got working for you now? Uh, there's nine of us now. Yeah. yeah. So t- 12 months ago, it was me. And in the last 12 months, we've grown from myself to uh, an, an awesome team of nine people. Yeah. So how do you stay agile with uh, as the team grows? I think it's a mindset of everyone that you hire just to make sure that they don't come in and expect the same thing day in, day out. I think if you kind of uh, breed into the mentality and kind of the ethos of the business that we're prepared to move fast and break things to steal that quote from Mark Zuckerberg yeah, is yeah. we just need to be able to listen to our customers, um, be prepared to test new things and failure within the company. If you, if you try something and you fail, it's never a failure um, because you should learn something from it. If you don't learn from it, you failed. Um, so we're prepared to just keep testing and testing and testing. I think yes. it's that testing mentality. Yeah. But the whole team have here that's allowed us to, to kind of keep the growth on what we've been sustaining for the last six months. Excellent. Well, that ties quite well into the podcast itself then because I guess that must be an experiment for you as well, you and the team. Uh, I mean, what, what kind of brought up the idea in the first place? So the podcast for me is a really interesting one. Um, I truly, uh, I truly love podcasts. Um, and it was the reason that I actually managed to leave my old corporate job. Um, just to set the scene, I was uh, an area sales manager and I have three to four appointments every day in the kind of area of the UK that I covered. But my appointments were only 15 to 20 minutes long. It was kind of call in, check in with the client, make sure everything's going well. And I'd drive down the motorway another hour, hour and a half to the next one. So I spent a lot of time in the van and I discovered podcast. It was specifically Andrew Warner at Mixergy. I discovered that podcast and thought, actually, I really like this. He's kind of opening up my mind to what opportunities are out there in terms of business, startup, entrepreneurship. And for about two years straight, I didn't listen to anything in the van apart from podcasts. And I always thought it would be so great to be in a position where I can add some value to people 
one, two, three years before me in their kind of journey of leaving the corporate to starting their own business. So me creating a podcast now is, I think it's my way of just giving back some value to the podcast community um, as we'll kind of dig into how we're doing the podcast and the fact that we're not specifically mentioning our business and bits like that. Yeah. At the, at the moment, it was purely just an experiment for our team, um, a passion project for me. And also yeah. given Martin, who's our head of creative, who if you listen to the show, you'll hear him do the narrative. He's one that does everything that's difficult about podcasting. So I, I just get to sit in front of a mic <laughs> and and just talk. Yeah. Um, and then it hits his laptop and then he makes it sound as fantastic as, as I think it does at the moment. <laughs> Excellent. So, so, I mean, it was... Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say you you genuinely had no intention to to grow the business out of it in the early days. It literally is just an experiment just to give someone back, tell your story. Exactly that. So it was yeah. kind of a two things, give something back as well as give Martin a different sort of creative challenge because yeah. I believe that if he if he could get good at this, the skills that he learned doing this could then impact what we do as a business. Excellent. So I mean that so that ties in really to another question I want to ask really well, as in that the the model that you're taking, that narrative model there's a lot of editing in there. Uh, I mean, do you know how long it's taking? Uh, is it Martin? Sorry, is that who you? Yeah, it's Martin. Martin. Martin, yes. So how long has it taken Martin to do it each week? Do you know? Uh, between two to three hours per show. Right. Okay. So it's a fair chunk of time to invest. Um, yeah. How definitely. How is he fitting that into his work? Because that's something that um, you've scheduled in there. That's, yeah, just that's, that's part of the schedule. It's going to sound terrible, but it's not actually within his working hours. Right. Uh, part of the agreement that me and Martin decided when we sat down, when, when I said, I really want to do a podcast, he grilled me on what it's going to be, what's the purpose, where we're getting value from it. Yeah. And I explained to him those two reasons I just explained. One, it's a passion thing for me. And two, I think it could be something quite fun creatively uh, for me and him to work on together. Yeah. We're a startup, so the number of hours we have in a day is really important. We yeah. kind of make sure that we get the value. So in terms of the show, the recording times, the editing, all of that happens outside of his working hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, do you think that's quite common in a, a startup environment that actually you want to try something new? Maybe there's not going to be a direct return on it for you. You need to actually just put in extra hours to get it done. Um, so I don't think it's common in terms of, I think it, what it comes down to is the purpose you do in the podcast. If you, if you, te- if you do an experiment and it's potentially going to do um, something positive for the business and give you some ROI, I think that should happen within working hours. I think because when we originally planned this out, there was no direct return for the business. We just couldn't warrant taking hours out of our business to focus on this, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I was about to ask, how are you justifying the time and the cost? But that means you're not, so you're you're putting outside, yeah. Because, I mean, that's one of the, the biggest questions that we always get is it's quite hard to track in some ways, the return on a podcast. I mean, it's possible by all means. We work with people every day and doing that, but it's it's harder than some mediums. <laughs> so, getting that return is difficult. But um, do you think at one point it might come inside the sort of standard working practices? Could you see that? Yeah, I think I think in terms of what we're doing as a business now with our podcast, it's teaching us a lot of things, and I can't justify it in terms of we're not making revenue from it. We're not bringing uh, financial uh, gain back into the business. But the one thing it's really made a lot better within our company is we now have to sit and review what we do on a day-by-day, week-by-week basis. And because we know it's going to be put in a public environment, 
environment, it does actually make us think a little clearer and a little deeper about the actions we're going to take. Mm -hmm. Because up to the point where we're recording this, we're about 15 shows deep into the podcast, and we're just trying to get people up to present day of where we are. What the plan is, is once we're up to present day, is the team sit down, it might be a roundtable discussion, or it might be a one-to-one, where we'll sit with the team and work out what they've done that week, what worked, what didn't. And I think because the team know that now, we've been making notes of what worked, what didn't for future episodes, is it's kind of made the whole team sit back and think, actually, do we need to do this? It's kind of been that second layer of, is this thing actually worth testing, trying? Um, so we're getting some value back from the podcast that way. It's kind of a, a team ethos mentality about the work that we do. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely something about putting something, putting things out in the public eye that makes you consider it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Where, I mean, the methods that you're using, the the model that you're using, it's definitely not a... <laughs> it's not an easy way to podcast. Uh, so, and you're doing it well. I mean, Martin's Martin's obviously doing a really good job on it. It's really compelling. It's really tight. It's it's a, it's a good show. What, do you know what? I haven't even mentioned the name of it. Tell us the name of your show. Uh, the name of the show is Startup Diary. Yeah. So if you want to go and find it, you can find Startup Diary on iTunes or anywhere good podcasts are found. So yeah, Startup Diary. It, it, it's not an easy method. It's not an easy <laughs> show to replicate. Where did you get the inspiration from it? For uh, from, um, I mean, where? What other podcasts did you learn from? Yeah. So it's a really good question. So in terms of the way that I wanted it edited and, and put together, that purely comes down to. Um, me respecting every single listener's um, time. There is the option to sit down, record for the hour that we record for and just push that out as a single show and hope that a listener says, actually, there was a good 15 to 20 minutes of value in there. It was worth it. But in my opinion, if we can strip out the 40 minutes of fluff that added no value, um, it's going to be a much better podcast and, and with the narrative that goes with it. I just wanted to respect the person's time who's listening to it and make sure it's kind of worthy of them to just subscribe to and keep coming back to. Yeah. And I, th- I think the thing is, so I listen to a lot of podcasts over the last few years and I've kind of weaned off the 45 minute hour, hour plus podcast, mainly because I was very aware of the fluff that was in those podcasts as I started to listen to higher production value podcasts or ones that just were focused on delivering a core value in each episode. So the 15 to 20, 20, 20 minute range is kind of where I want this to sit. Um, I just don't think an hour, um, an hour show is something that I can expect people to listen to. And, and I don't think I can deliver an hour's worth of value each and every week uh, or the team can. So yeah, that's sort of where we are today. Yeah. Better to do a great 10, 15 minutes every week than a, yeah, a pretty average hour. Exactly. And, and just to answer the question, um, like, Gimlet, I, I love the Gimlet style of shows. As you can see, yeah. they have a, a show called Startup. That massive inspiration in terms of what we decided to do with the show. Um, I, I just fell in love with that show uh, and on all the Gimlet podcasts. And then it took me, what well, must be four years, five years now to actually discover This American Life and some of the big shows. And I thought, wow, there is a different level of uh, podcast out there. And I want be, I want to be the thing that people can sit back and know that when they listen to it and they give up 15, 20 minutes every week or twice a week, however often we push it out, that they're going to get something that they enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people could learn from that in terms of the editing, even just an extra 20, 30 minutes, just skimming through, cutting out some of the fat, just taking it down from that 45 minutes to below half an hour just makes such a difference to the the value, the listenability and keeping people interested, I think. Exactly. And I can say, yeah, it's a, it's a must do. Let's, let's trim the fat. Yeah. But truth is, I don't even know how he does half of it. 
Um, <laughs> I just get to, I just get to sit on the mic and just talk, yeah. um, which I haven't got an issue doing. Uh, and then I actually refuse to listen to the show before it goes live. I just have full <laughs> trust that he's going to do it yeah. and he's going to do a great job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, 15 to 20 minutes is a sweet spot for us. And yeah. when I listen back to it, it's really interesting to hear what he's chosen as good value and yeah. what he's chosen as let's cut that out. Yeah. Uh, it's always interesting every week for me. So the process is quite interesting, I think, to people, because I think a lot of people out there would like to do this more, but they wonder about how you can fit it in or how you make it efficient. You mentioned a second ago the couple of hours that we record over or the hour we record. How, how are you going about creating the recordings for this? So I'd love to say we have a really efficient practice in terms of every week we block two hours after work into the calendar. But kind of the truth is, is we don't know what we're going to be doing as a startup the next week. So... Mm-hmm. If you actually listen to episode 14, it was me basically apologizing, uh, explaining the fact that we had a two-week hiatus because we had a new product launch in the business. The demands from our members and customers were a lot higher than we expected, and we just couldn't find the time. Um, As I mentioned, we do this outside of hours, but the whole team were working outside of hours on the core business, so we actually had to take two weeks off. In terms of what we do at the moment is when we sat down and outlined, hey, let's do this podcast thing, um, I reviewed what I'd done in terms of leaving my old job, how I left that job and sketched everything out in terms of episode plans to current day. So we've probably still got another seven to 10 shows in the pipeline to get us up to current day. So we sketched all that out beforehand and tried to make a commitment to the team, the audience and everyone that's uh, involved that we do at least one show per week. And we try and squeeze it in, in quiet moments. Yeah. There is no schedule, there's no uh, rhyme or reason to when these things come out at the moment. We're going to hope to to get a bit more efficient and organized with it. Um, and that will probably come when we understand the value uh, a little bit more towards other people that are listening, getting value from it. Yeah. And, and just trying to work out exactly what this thing can evolve into. So the the topic for each week, are you you planning that out ahead of time with Martin and then just sitting down to batch the recordings? Then he goes away whenever you can fit it in, obviously. And then yeah. he goes away and does the editing afterwards. Yeah. Or do you capture a few different recordings over a week, I suppose? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, so what we tend to do is I've outlined everything up to current day in terms of um, show criteria of the, the key milestones about going from corporate life to working in a VC-backed startup. And then we kind of say, let's try and record one show this week, two shows this week. And if we've got a bit of time, we'll do back-to-back episodes. And then he has to then try and find his personal time of when he can get the shows edited. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of got a schedule. We try and have a schedule for at least 10 shows out, but the time to record them um, is as and when we can. Yeah, yeah. And does Martin write the script after you've done your main recording or before? Yeah, exactly. So I send across, uh, for example, the last show was about um, bootstrapping and consultancy. So I'd send him across what I learned about bootstrapping, consultancy, and the impacts it had on the growth of the business at the time. Mm -hmm. And then he has an opportunity to think of some questions that he believes the listener will want to hear. So he gets a look at it and say, actually, um, this is an interesting topic, but what about X, Y, and Z? And he makes sure to pull those questions into the show and get the answers uh, out of me during the recording. He then, I presume he goes back and then he adds the narrative once we've done the full recording. Yeah. 
great. I, I'm interested because we've been experimenting with narrative shows a lot in the last year or so as well. And I've tried both. We've tried um, just doing a decent recording, kind of open, quite flexible, and then doing a script afterwards based around that, creating a narrative from it. Quite inefficient, takes quite a long time. But then again, writing a pretty heavy script before you do the recording and kind of trying to engineer the answers is also very restrictive. So that kind of that approach that you're talking about there is pretty much what we've come down to as well, which is... Okay. A light script, as in you've got a bullet point idea of what you want the narrative to be, um, and then you've got a bullet point idea of what you want the interviewee to say in these segments, at least the concepts you want them to talk about, and that kind of seems to work quite well. You can kind of fill it out in between. So yeah, it's interesting that you've come to a similar type of process, at least. Yeah, exactly. It's, what I always find interesting when I sit down with Martin is because um, he joined the company in August, September last year. He wasn't around for the first year, 18 months of the business. Is He's learning a lot of this firsthand. Yeah. And I've got my own perception of how things were and the things that I think were important at that time. But to hear the questions that he sometimes brings to the table, I think, actually, uh, there's a little bit more to this than I thought. So I kind of... He likes to ask the tough questions, to be honest. He puts yeah. me on the spot a lot of the time. So yeah, I've heard some of them. Interesting. Good, yeah, some, there's some good honesty in there. Some good, uh, not conflict by any means, but um, certainly being uh, pushy in terms of the questions. It's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need to do that, I suppose. Um, great. So, yeah, no, but uh, you, you, right now you're not promoting your show. You're not promoting your business, I should say, at all. Um, do you think that will come into it in the future? Or will you try and stay away from that? I know you can't say for sure, but do you do you have an idea? Yeah, it was an interesting decision. When we kind of sat down, um, Martin asked me the question, so why are we doing this show? And I explained to him, as we've already covered, it's a passion project for me. I want to put something back into people that listen to podcasts that are in a similar position to me. I kind of would love the idea of in three years' time, this is an ego thing, I completely understand. <laughs> in, th- in three years' time, someone emails me and says, by the way, I listened to the Startup Diary. I was in the same position. I was in a van. I've left my job. I'm now doing my own thing. So I wanted to do that. And I thought, actually mentioning our business might take away from the core messages we're trying to deliver because we work in the construction industry. As you mentioned, our service is called expertrades.com. We work with plumbers, heating engineers, electricians, that's sort of our audience. We know that these guys don't listen to podcasts. I know firsthand because I've spoken to over 500 of them. I met these guys. They're our customers. We spend a lot of time with them. I knew that this wouldn't impact our business in terms of bringing new customers into our um, software as a service. So when I kind of sat back and worked out actually why this, why do we want to do this, we decided not to mention the business. And we've had some good feedback recently in terms of by not mentioning the business, do we damage the credibility? Because people can't actually see there's a real business behind it. People can't actually see. Uh, if you Google Expert Trades um, and Midven, you'll see that we're a VC-backed company. But because people don't know the name of our business, there might be an element of you guys say that you've done all this. There is a team. There is people there. But how do we know it? So there's this kind of interesting conflict that we're going through at the moment of whether yeah. we should just bring in the fact, oh, here's who we are, here's the business, here's what we do. I don't see it in the future ever being something that drives mass sales mm-hmm. to expert trades. Mm-hmm. But one thing that we are really learning and possibly going to test in the future is very similar to kind of your philosophy of making podcasting more mainstream. How do we create a show or is there an opportunity to make a show that our trades professionals, our members want to tune into. They want to discover podcasting because of something we're creating. We know that these guys spend a lot of time in the van, similar to what I used to. And if we can create something and then educate them in terms of, hey, this is a thing that's going to be found on your iPhone every single day or every week, and we're going to bring you the top five tools that have been released and reviews or whatever it looks like, it's 
we've, we would have the learning of the last six, 12 months, however long we've run in the podcast yeah. to actually introduce this as something that brings kind of return into the business. So there is, there is something that we're thinking about in the future. Definitely. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, that was something I was wanting to ask as well. It's just, we talked a little bit about this at the Gary V event, which was, bringing new listeners into the industry bringing new listeners into podcasting and when you've got the ear of an industry like that like you obviously have you've got a big opportunity there haven't you to to create a bunch of listeners out of nothing <laughs> you've got no competition if they're not listening already the only competition is in action which to be fair is quite a big competition but yeah if you create something valuable enough how no, exactly. And yeah. it'll probably be painful uh, to, to think that <laughs> the fact that we aren't doing it at the moment, we've got an app, we've got 11,000 um, trades professionals using our system that yeah. we can actually send a push notification to that we could drive instant listeners to. Yeah. And when we, when we put it like that, it's actually... Uh, one for the industry and like we come back full circle. This is a passion project for me. How do I get more listeners? We have a great audience there that we could um, push people onto podcasting. I think it's... I think it's just the thing for me where I'm thinking, oh, none of these guys say they listen to podcasts. So I initially thought it's going to be too much of an uphill battle to get them to one, understand what podcasts are, and then yeah. two, subscribe, three, see the value. But it's something that I think the last three to four months and getting this process down to kind of where we are today, I think we produce a pretty good show. I think it's something that we should definitely at least test. Yeah, I think you've, I mean, you've got an even bigger opportunity there really in terms of what type of people they are. I mean, you've got people that are out and about all the time, similar to you as a salesman in your car. You're there, I mean, I presume, <laughs> this is obviously just me guessing, but um, plumbers, tradesmen in general will be out in their vans a lot. They'll want someone to listen to. If there's something that's actually genuinely useful, helps their job, helps them, then surely it could be an easy sell as long as you can make the technology barrier easier for them by some kind of duration it's exactly that technology barrier that we need to overcome yeah. and to be honest getting them to listen to a podcast should be a lot easier towards what we're actually doing as a business if you go to expert trade you'll see yeah. we've, we've introduced a quoting and invoicing platform for them getting them to use that is like pulling teeth but when they use it they, lo they love it yeah. so we should be able to get them to at least subscribe to a show yeah. I think Colin from actually doing this podcast with yourself you've kind of given me the kick that I need to to actually do something about this excellent I'd love to see that I, I'm always looking for case studies of podcasts aimed at more traditional industries so there's tons of podcasts out there that target marketing digital it tech all that kind of stuff that just stands to reason but i love the podcasts that are out there that target much more traditional things like um, like knitting there was a there's a great knitting podcast up north in scotland and things like that i want to see more and more people podcasting for that so if there's anything we can do to help you with that then uh, by all means give us a shout that sounds like a plan <laughs> cool well i've kept you probably long enough adam that's about 20 odd minutes uh let's tie it up just by I, um, I know you don't promote yourself on your own show, but you can promote yourself here. <laughs> How can people find you if they just happen to be uh, a tradesman listening to PodCraft? So two sides of the market that we work with. If you're a trade professional, visit experttrades.com. You'll see a big button that says, I'm a trade. See how we can help you there. Or if you're in dire need, you need a quality plumber, electrician, uh, any trades professional. We also serve the homeowner side. So we help you find local reputable trades. Again, experttrades.com. Yeah. Perfect. And again, there's the Startup Diary podcast um, that I'd love you to check out and give us some feedback on. Thanks very much, guys. And as always, we'll have all relevant links in the episode show notes over at podcraft.net. And hopefully you're enjoying these podcast case study episodes because we're planning to continue with them for the next few months on a bi-weekly basis. 
So are you doing something with your own podcast that you think other listeners would benefit from hearing about? Have you had success after changing the way you do something? Have you successfully monetized your show to the point where you could give up your day job? Or maybe you've been podcasting every single week for the last 10 years. Whatever it is, maybe you could get involved in a future episode of this very show. Let us know about it by emailing info at thepodcasthost.com and we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks again for listening, we really do appreciate it and we'll catch up again in the next episode.